0: thanks for joining us this week for episode 59 of the multiverse podcast for the latest news ah, we tricked you there this is a tenant podcast so you should have expected that hello friends what is happening and welcome to the multiverse podcast episode 59 for january the 25th i know a lot of people have probably been thrown off by that intro and another entry for the beyond the multiverse series this is your weekly entertainment show covering movies tv video games comics and everything in between on this week's long awaited episode we talk everything tenant so be warned this episode will contain major spoilers i'm your host and Nolan's number one fan who's saying my co-host is the meme lord Mio, and welcome to episode fifty nine, Mio. How you doing, man? Long-awaited um, do- episode.
1: Yeah, doing good. Um, I was thinking about like one of us doing this podcast forwards and one of us doing this podcast in reverse, Backwards, like right. a temporal pencil movement, movement. But that yeah. would, that would been too complicated. Yep. <laughs> I don't probably, know how that would.
0: I'm probably meeting in the middle to give to give our uh, review score at the end. Um, but this is long-awaited. I think a lot of people have been waiting for this. Obviously. With uh, the movie being delayed, it hasn't helped, obviously, with the whole... It's quite it's quite hard. Like, you know, you, you get sucked into the hype at the beginning, and then some people are watching it, some people aren't, and then you can't really meet in the middle and discuss it. And this is what's... I think mean, this is where we've struggled, essentially. I know you've watched it, what, a few months after I did, Mil? Is, um, is, is that right? When,
1: when did it come out again?
0: I watched it in October, I want to say. Okay, or, so
1: I watched it in December? December, so a yeah. a yeah, so couple months.
0: A couple of months, yeah. So, um, this is a long-awaited podcast, but it's also a long-awaited discussion between uh, you and myself, and I've, I'm keen to know what you thought about the movie, because obviously I've done my write-up, and I've posted up my review about it, and we'll, we'll dive into that within the podcast, within this one-hour time frame. Uh, Mia, where, where would you like to start? Um, okay, you let's, like to start?
1: let's start with um, asking, what is Tenet? The,
0: what is Tenet? What the hell is going on? I remember... How many times have you seen it? I've seen it twice. Twice, okay, fair enough. This is definitely not a movie you'll see once because I came out of the cinema at the time and I was like, yeah, I was so reserved in kind of my thoughts and opinions and emotions at the time. I was like, what the fuck is going on? And you sit in the movie and you're like, what the fuck is going on? And it, it obviously didn't help that. Obviously, the sound mixing was kind of trash, I have to admit. But, now I've seen it five times, six times. I want to say, oh wow! Obviously, three times in cinema. I think I've seen it. No, sorry, did I see it four times in cinema? I think four times or three. Anyways, and uh, <laughs> a couple of times at home. Now I feel like I've got a nice understanding of the uh, the movie. There's a lot of theories I want to talk about. A lot of you know back and forth discussions. It's, in my opinion, a really really thought out movie. Um, I know we'll, you have your thoughts about it, but I feel I feel like Nolan's done a good job. I know it's a confusing movie, but I feel like
1: you said you said um, you said it wasn't as confusing as uh, Inception. Yeah. I don't know, when I was watching, I was like, "This guy's a liar." Like this movie's I, way I, more confusing. No, I feel like
0: I feel like I'm going to like be put on the spot today. Like with the Joker, I had so many notes to go back on and talk about. Well, but with this, I feel like I'm I'm confident in talking about Tenant. I haven't really written up a lot of notes. They're still in my mind. The movie's still fresh. I think about it every day. I wake up every morning. My routine is to read a book, have my coffee. And before I start work, I, I watch the, the Tenant opera scene, and uh, which is one of my favorite movie scenes now. And um, so I feel like I'm, um, I wouldn't say an expert on Tenant, but I feel like, you know, I could defend myself if, if there's any awkward questions, like how does this work or where does this work and so on and so forth. So I, l- I love the movie. Um, Tenant for me is it's a movie backwards essentially if you really really want to think about it the hints have always been there it's a movie where it, it's it's in the name uh, the, the final battle is it is in is in the name uh the whole movie is a palodrome essentially uh, what's the palodrome? It, it's what it's when you when one word spells the same thing before the backwards oh, okay so, okay I, I, I know. I know you can't.
1: You can't just drop these words like that. not, <laughs> not explain yourself. Come
0: on, put some respect on my name. Um, and um, obviously Nolan's thought the process out like I would say in depth. Obviously it's based on some Latin um, uh, palindrome artifact. I want to say. I think that's what it was. Yeah. Yeah.
1: He's been he's been working on this movie for like ten years. So yeah, he's, yeah, he's really it's, thought
0: about the plot. Um, I think the part where I still struggle on is certain timelines. And where certain characters meet because throughout the movie characters do cross each other's paths and there if you really think about it when you notice these you understand why certain characters go into certain places at certain times for the movie mm-hmm. and i think for uh, one of the examples i'll give is you remember when uh, john david washington's character the protagonist as, as they like to call him yeah he goes to the windmill and he had to be out of sight because later on in the movie if you realize the boat travels past that exact same windmill oh yeah outside so that windmill is um designated by a circle um, a yellow painting around it so that's how you know which uh what to look out for if you if you watch it again so there's certain things that happen throughout that movie that really really you know take you by surprise like i'm gonna sound pretty stupid watching her saying this but I was so blown away by the, the opera scene, the opening scene, that I missed a pivotal, pivotal moment. And that was the bag, the red tag on the bag. Uh, I don't know if you noticed that first time. I'm yeah. assuming you did.
1: Yeah, I noticed that.
0: Yeah, I didn't. So I I did not know that was Robert Patterson's character at the start until I watched it the second time. And uh, it, I think I was just blown away by that particular scene. So there's a lot of things that happened in that movie where you require an utmost like full focus attention on, on, on stuff happening. Like you can't go to the toilet. You can't. Yeah. It, it's what, it's one of those movies and we know what Nolan's like. I know people say that sometimes his mo- movies come across as patronizing now. They are, you know, he's not, he's, you could say his market and his target audience is a, is a niche market. He wants to target people who it's not like the new Godzilla movie that's going to come up. We we were talking about, about it before. Where you go in, you know, you could just turn off your brain and, and watch it and not really focus, and still understand what's happening. This is a movie where it's going to require a lot of attention. And uh, mm-hmm. Nolan is to that stage now where, firstly, Nolan will make anything and people will watch it, and two, it's cool to hate things that are popular. And we have not. We it, let's let's move away from Nolan for a second. We see that now with video games. So, for example, uh, Kojima, that, here's here's a prime example in in the video game industry uh the guy that that makes um the dark soul games i forgot I forgot his name um so it's cool to hate that now there's it, it happens you know you gain that for popularity and and so forth so some people think his movies are very very patronizing they are at times you know they're very very overwhelming but it's a different cinema cinematic experience and and that's what i love and yeah there's a, a lot of directors out there that i love and he just does something different but for me tenant was just if this is the last movie i'm going to watch in cinema I think I'm happy because uh, it did everything for me you know it's like if you take his basic movie and obviously we're going to be doing a, a Nolan ranking all his movies podcast soon if you take Dunkirk for example if not to shit on any other director but if this was just a normal linear movie it wouldn't have the same impact you wouldn't come back to watch it over and over again and and I think this is where Nolan does something different with Tennant. I think it's so my kind of understand well my first initial thought from it and i would like to hear your thought on it mio is i came out of it and said yeah this was unlike anything i've seen before and i know this is an easy line to throw for around and you know get caught up in in the moment but i re- when you really really watch it and dive into it i it's a well thought out movie in my opinion really really well thought out uh the amount of visual effects CGI whatever he's used is 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 incredible it's shooting on scenes we'll we'll break those down now but what was your kind of first thought come watching that movie Mio I know Rick he was like he he loved it I know he he gives I think I
1: think I think he's just trolling about the yeah of course the other stuff but I think he liked it but um for me I thought it was pretty good yeah I thought it was like a fun movie it was like it, it was really confusing. Not like, like it wasn't confusing in the way of like, you don't understand the rules of the universe. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But like, it was pretty simple. It's like, okay, this is how time inversion yes. works. This is how, you know, like an object can travel yes. backwards. And like that stuff was pretty. I simple. thought that
0: was simple. Simple to put Like yeah.
1: the dialogue was I'm like, why yes. are we t- stealing this painting? And like, why are we doing this? Why are we yes. doing this? That part was confusing. Yep. But like, the action scenes were like, really good like yep. they're like and like they're better when you think about them like mm. the, the airport scene when you Incredible. you know it's like when you like frame the scene it's like okay like they're going forwards and another one's yep. going backwards and yep. you know it's hard to explain like at yeah, one yeah. particular scene there might be like three versions of themselves and like yes. that one yes. scene and it's like oh and like the highway scene i think the highway scene is like the highlight of the movie um, really you reckon
0: well, yeah. we'll come to yeah. We'll talk about favorite scenes um, soon because that's yeah, something I think there's a lot in this movie.
1: I was watching the behind the scenes of that and like yeah. you know like watching them like drive the car backwards and like the choreography yeah. it takes to film that scene. I was like, yeah. oh, like how like I th- I just thought they like reverse the shooting.
0: That's what but I initially it, thought. Like, I thought. But they're like actually yeah.
1: driving backwards. <laughs> like it's yeah. it's crazy.
0: There's a lot of stuff where I initially thought you know okay cool they they even going to talk backwards. So they're going to talk normally and we re- rewind the the dialogue to be backwards and same with the the like the movement and stuff but it was just all done naturally mm-hmm. you know and and i think it's those small details that you know uh really really sell the movie like there is a few if you've noticed and i've only noticed this now because obviously it's just popped up on Reddit and so forth and part of the pretends to be part, shocked of of part of the tenant yeah flash yeah <laughs> tenets, <laughs> yeah uh, there's a few scenes in the movie where because it's been filmed backwards and the character had to move backwards. You know, for example, when he first comes out of the, the chamber and he and he experiences everything backwards for the first time he had to open the car, mm-hmm. uh the, the cameraman is actually opening the car and you see that in the in the um, rear view mirrors of the of, of the car. So you actually see another person opening the door for him. So it's uh it's it's weird. It's weird. I know no to be honest, I think this is one of Nolan's downsides. Nolan's really, I would say lazy when it comes to, you know, these small mistakes. Like I saw it in the dark night where, you know, the opening scene, you see a, a full on helicopters, uh, wow. filming. Uh, well,
1: film, well, I mean like you were like deeply, this is like your 10th viewing that, you noticed. Yeah, I don't fair. think anyone else noticed. Fair it.
0: enough. Fair enough. Yeah. 10th view of the dark night. Und- understatement. <laughs> understatement of the century. Uh, but yeah, I think, yeah. Okay. Fair enough. But, um, The whole recording, everything backwards. I think that just sold it, man. It was just incredible. As you said, the rules of the universe were very, very simple. Mm -hmm. You know, like uh, this is why they have a mask because you can't, the lungs can't take in what they've already breathed. And that was, I thought that was, I thought that was one of my favorite exposition in the movies. To be honest with you, Mm -hmm. I I really enjoyed it. I I don't know why, but I, I really enjoyed it. And I liked the fact that when his car flips over and it burns, it doesn't burn; it freezes over. And I was like, wow. I I know it's so simple and cheesy but I was like wow I really like this and like how the wind and the birds and like the puddle and the water ripples backwards I thought all those were really really like it was amazing Um, and as you said yeah the world building was amazing but what gets you confusing is various characters popping up in various places and timelines crossing each other for example let's dive straight to the last scene where you, you can see there's two Robert Patterson in the same shot. And it's mm-hmm. crazy. And if you if you picked up on what was said at the start of the movie, things need to happen for it to happen initially. So his character gets, well, he goes back and he goes to pick un, pick, pick the, the lock of the door so they could open the door from the other side so he goes in and then that's when he gets shot. Yeah. If he didn't do that, they couldn't open the door sort of thing. So, you, you know what I mean? So it was... And in that particular scene, when you freeze frame that scene, there's one Robert Pattinson coming through, one already dead, and one making his way out. So it's like three Robert Pattinson's one scene. And it was mm-hmm. he- hella confusing. Like, if you see that first time, you're like, what the hell's going on?
1: Well, I, I didn't feel like that part was super mm-hmm. confusing. I that, I feel like the, the main gist of this movie, like, well, for most movies, it's like, yeah. cause comes before effect. Yep. For Tenet, it's effect, you know, yep. is what causes. It's like the... The Watchmen episode: um, yeah. A guy walks into a bar. Like, yes, Doctor Manhattan spoiler: alert, falls in love with um, Regina King's character because she saves him in the future. So, yeah. effect cause effect is what causes the cause. If a tenant, um, like spoiler, like the yeah. tenant gets created yeah. because John David Washington was a part of Tenet. So it's like yeah. you know, it's it's. Conf-
0: uh
1: yeah. I don't know. I don't know if yeah, I'm explaining yeah, it correctly, yeah. but
0: the, the, no no, I know what you mean. The effect is thing, what this, causes cause. Yeah. So and that's where like what well you say Robert Patterson's character makes you you said Robert Patterson's character is the one that creates tenant in the future? No, no John, oh, David yeah, John David Washington. John David Wolf, yeah, yeah. So it's John David Washington's character that gets influence in the future to create tenants, but mm-hmm. there's also this whole theory flying around that they allowed Sator to gather all these algorithms intentionally because they didn't know where, where it was. So same thing effect is what causes the cause essentially. Yeah. And, um, and I thought that was really interesting. There's so many good theories and, you know, you could just dive into the world of Reddit and, and just lose yourself. And that was one that I really, there was I can't remember there was a movie that did something very, very similar where you just let the villain take, um, you think the villain's winning by letting him do it, do it stuff and then you come in at the at the end and
1: if anyway. Yeah, when, um, so, Dr.
0: Yeah, Strange lets him Yeah, get the yes, yes, down. yes, 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 yes. That's the movie. And they, if you really think about it, Tenet, that if if that whole SATO plan thing uh that I've just described is real, it really ties in well with the whole temporal prince of movement sort of uh, analogy because the whole movie feels like a temporal prince of movement.
1: Yeah, it movie. is. It, yeah. And what, what adds to that theory about the future humans letting Seder get all the, um, the algorithms is yep. that they gave him the poison pill, but like yes. we know from the beginning of the movie, it doesn't work. Yeah. Like it's just a fake poison pill. Yeah. So that, that kind of adds to you, yeah. uh, your theory.
0: And um, what I liked about it as well is, we, and this is obviously part of this whole story discussion we're having, is a lot of people say Nolan doesn't really build characters well. And I disagree with this movie. I think this was the thing that was like the most. Really, talk- I
1: think I think we'll disagree on this.
0: <laughs> you, yeah, okay, and that's perfect. Um, and this is one thing that I saw a lot of reviews mention that oh, there's no, and I completely understand. Like, if you and the and the biggest comparison was Hobbs from uh, Inception, where he, you feel for him, you want him to succeed. You know, you feel like there's a connection for him. You want him to see his kids at the end, and so on and so forth. Which I absolutely agree with. And then with the protagonist. It's just like, there's no information about him. You don't know nothing. There's, you know, it's hard to get tied down to him. Maybe differently to Robert Patterson's character. Uh, well, throughout the whole movie, you don't really care, do you? About, oh, what's this character going to do? And you don't really have that sense of relationship or emotions with him. But I agree to that extent, Mio. But where my kind of disagreement, let's say, is I think that's in- done intentionally. I think Nolan has been calculated on what information he gives. And it's the same thing with Dunkirk where obviously it's two different movies, but his portrayal of a war movie was there was hardly any dialogue. There was only what, when they calculated only a few pages worth of dialogue Mm -hmm. because in war, you don't talk, you don't, oh, it's not, you know, you're having a jolly good time where, and that was such a British uh, uh, sentence there. I think uh, Rick's going to love that, but you're not having a fun time, you know, you're in the middle of war. And this is the same thing with this. This is a spy espionage movie where, you're not giving away secrets everything and that's why he was just called the protagonist there's no name there's no information about him and if you realize every single character exposition between him and let's say the scientists who i'll come to shortly because i feel like she plays a big role in this movie which has kind of gone under the radar even their dialogue is really really basic it's really simple the first thing she says to him is uh, i'm not here to to tell you what i'm doing just how it's done or something like or something on the long lines it could be in reverse actually and that dialogue is very, very basic. Every interaction he has with someone is basic. And I think this is done intentionally. It's, it's tenant. It's this organization. We don't know anything about it. We, all we know is it's just an organization that was created for this sort of reason. And, and that's it. And I feel like, yes, we don't get to see uh, um, John Davis Washington's character, you know, beam out on, on, on screen and have this kind of sort of relationship with him. But if you look at Robert Pattinson's character, where you're intrigued by him, you're intrigued by certain aspects. How does he know this? How does he know that? And you see that, okay, you know, there might be some, some sort of relationship with him. Uh, Elizabeth Becky's uh, character, who I forgot what her name was, and John David Washington's character in the future. And you kind of build up on that relationship. But I agree and disagree when it comes to this, to be honest with you. So I know you said you completely disagree. I, I just thought David Washington put in a, a fantastic performance and uh, yeah. I thought I thought Patterson's character Just I think he stole the show For me In, in um, my personal opinion
1: So John David Washington Is actually Christopher Nolan's First um, Black protagonist <laughs> Black character Yeah And um, I think he should Go back to a white protagonist Because <laughs> <laughs> I feel like He writes them better Like I feel like John David Washington's Best line in this movie Was improv, And it was the You know I, I ordered my hot sauce An hour ago An hour ago And like so, and, like, other than that, like, he really doesn't have any dialogue in the rest of the movie. Like, yeah. it's, it's a shame because, like, I really do like him as an actor. Yes. Um, he, he, he was like, good in the action sequences. Yeah. Like, in the but, final battle, he, yeah. he was, like, booking it. It was, like, that's a good shot. But um, yeah. just, like, you know, the, he was kind of underwhelming. I didn't really care too much about his, yes. his story.
0: Yeah. Um, but I don't think there's much story about him to care about.
1: Yeah, but, you know, I feel like the movie could have been better if it was, like, you knew, like, a little bit about him. Like, you know, like, he's a loyal guy because he didn't yeah. uh, give up his, you know, his voice yeah. in the beginning of the movie. But, but that's about that's,
0: it. So let me put this question to you. But isn't, let's say, a, a an agent, that's kind of, you know, their working environment where when they get killed out in the field, no one really knows anything about them. They're really, like, you know, under the radar sort of thing. And isn't that the intention is you don't know nothing about him you don't develop a emotional connection because that's what agents do out in the field you don't really have that um, connection between anybody and that's why his connection between robert patterson's i really enjoyed that because it was like okay there's more being let on than, than what's happening if that makes sense
1: yeah and you, and you could say that but like yeah. he has like an attachment to elizabeth de character and like you yeah. really don't know why like yeah. he meets her for the first time and like he wants to save her, save her yes. from um satyr and like yeah you're like and he like hands over the plutonium for her and it's like yeah. why are you doing this for her yeah. like she's just like you know she's just and like nobody really yeah really, and like
0: yeah, i can't so tell that,
1: you like, anything about that yeah. character other than she's tall yeah but like i don't know
0: she's so tall but she couldn't reach the the, the little, yeah i know the big, in, in, like in the car yeah, she could have easily
1: just hit the brake. She's like so come over here come over here hit the brake. I'm like yeah.
0: just extend your leg. Yeah.
1: Anyways. but yeah, but that's but
0: that's that's what I'm thinking is it's I think it's done with purpose. I really do and I think there's a lot of secrets behind the the movie that we have to discover for ourselves. And obviously I think this is all done intentionally. Like you, as look, I am a known fanboy. We all 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 know this, but as you know, I come, I come into these reviews as unbiased as, as possible. And I really, it's not me backing Nolan, but I feel like he's been in the game long enough to understand what he wants from a character and how to develop a character and whether he wants to... Because, look, you don't go from having... What was the last movie? Dunkirk and all that. Okay, fair enough. Mm-hmm. You don't go from, let's say, in, Inception, full heavy on character development to, you know, losing your touching and, and being lazy and going oh, yeah, I'm not going to give this character or this black guy uh, some some exposition. Uh, I, I, I think it's far from it. I think everything is done meticulously, calculated, intentionally, purposefully, whatever adjective you want to describe this approach, I feel like that's what has happened. And I feel like it's it's given this movie more secrecy and more mystery than... And it's made it confusing, you can say. But his re- relationship with uh, Becky kind of, you know adds fuel to the fire where what, what is actually happening is she, and, and that could also be said to Robert Pattinson's character. Why is he caring for her? Why does he care whether she, she lives or dies? You know what I mean? And that goes back to the, you know, the whole grandfather um, uh, paradox hey, thing. They, yeah. Which they explained at the start, uh, which I absolutely loved. And that just confused the hell out of me. When I was listening to that in the movie. Um, so maybe, and we know Nolan. Nolan does think intentionally, as we said. There's a reason he got a 747 in in that movie, and not another jet. And you could probably it's the same reason why he called tenant tenant. It's it's a the whole movie is a palindrome in its sense. And I feel like it's the same with um, Neil's character. I I really think he's his little Max, but he's not. Oh yeah, tenet. that's I
1: I feel like that's all but confirmed.
0: Yeah, I think that's all but confirmed. He has the swagger of that of that little kid. His the same hairstyle. He even t- touched upon it when he said he knows Estonian uh, when he was driving. And then he lets on more than he knows. And that comes across, you know, and I feel yeah. like, um, I don't know, but I feel like with um, the protagonist, with uh, John David Washington, I don't think he's the main character. I feel like because.
1: Well, his name is literally the main yeah, character. <laughs> yeah.
0: but, but I don't think because if you look at the, the final scene, for example, with, um, I forgot the other character's name, the one from uh, Kick-Offs. Chick. What's his name? I,
1: don't know. I just called it the Indian chick.
0: Oh, no, no. I was talking about the the other one. Uh, the one
1: oh, Aaron oh, Taylor Johnson.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Him. He, he just he,
1: shows up out of nowhere. I was he, like, he shows up out A- of nowhere. Yeah. Like, is that Aaron Taylor Johnson? Like, yeah. what is going on?
0: So he just turns out of nowhere and he's given him commands like, okay, you're going to go here and there. And it doesn't feel like this is the protagonist's um, plan. I think there's something bigger happening behind the scenes. I think it's either uh, Neil's character because I feel like Neil's letting on, you know, less than he actually knows. Like, well, yeah,
1: Neil's Neil's from the future. Yeah, and like Trunks. Basically, yeah, he he's he is exactly like Trunks actually, yeah. but um, he's basically like playing. He's basically taking the test with a study guide because mm. he actually, knows like everything. He knows, knows everything is mean. going to happen.
0: Yeah, and he he drops a few hints. Like as I said when he's driving in the car and, it, and it's just when uh, the protagonist says I thought you knew it's Sony he goes it's backwards how would he know it's backwards for a start mm-hmm. Two, when the final scene when he goes uh, are you going to go keep an eye on uh, on Becky's character I can't remember what her name is is it Katie or something can like you just look like it like up just so we'd keep calling her, stop calling her Becky. Uh, and then John's like no and he goes even from a distance like he's, he knows what's happened he mm-hmm. knows there's there's some sort of interaction. It's cat. Cat, yeah, thank you. Uh, when he orders him a a, a cola a gin and tonic, he goes, I like water. He goes, You don't drink on the job, and no, you don't. So he lets on more than he knows there. And there's a few other scenes. There's a there's actually a, a really interesting video on YouTube, like three minutes worth of his character let like knowing more than he really lets on. So I feel like this might be Neil's plan, but I feel like this plan is actually the scientist's plan. And hear me out. At the start, we, we, we know who uh, is, I think it's Oppenheim, where, you know, the, the creator of the nuclear bomb or something, and he just regretted it or whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. And I think she's the one that created this whole, you know. Algorithm? Yep. And the reverse uh, entropy sort of thing. And she's the one that sent it back in time. Because she's that the only sense. one that really knows everything. And that little th- wall thing they collected, the artifact where she first sees him and goes, shoot it, you're not, catching, uh, you're not shooting a bullet, you're catching it. That wall was taken from uh, the, the ground zero place from the final scene. So I feel like she also knows more than she's laying on. And she plays a major role. But I feel like there's pieces of this puzzle in this movie that we have to piece together. And I feel like this is why this movie... Like many of Nolan's movies, like, for example, The Prestige, The Memento. I, I want to say *Interstellar*, but I've only seen that once. And I know you're, how you think about it. Yeah, you, we know, we all know how there. I feel about that movie. Uh, I feel like this movie will age better in time. I, I really do. And especially once people... It's a shame that people didn't really get to see it in cinema. Unlike Wonder Woman, this was a movie you had to experience it in the theaters. But, His yeah. <laughs> family yeah.
1: taking Wonder Woman shots on the tennis Come on. I, I, I just want to we took right. enough shots last episode. Nah,
0: never, never. You, you can never take enough shots at Warner Brothers and uh, their DCEU lineup. But yeah, in terms of characters, I, I liked it. And I really enjoyed Sator's character. A lot of people didn't. Did
1: you? I was going to, uh, that was one of my nitpicks of the movie. Go on.
0: Like, I'll, I'll let you. Go. I'll let you.
1: Okay. I um, know why. I thought he was bad. Like, I thought, yeah, okay.
0: Okay. yeah
1: I didn't like him. I, first of all, the accent was bad i was like he's just doing like a bad russian accent i was like you couldn't work with like a dialect coach and like you just sound i don't know he just sounded like a bad 80s russian villain mm. and it was like okay that that point and like his motivation was like his motivation was like pretty weak it was like okay was. i'm dying i'm dying of cancer so i'm taking out everyone with me i was like yep. really like <laughs> that's your motivation like yep. are you I don't know. That was I. Th- that was like you're gonna end the essentially the universe. You're gonna yeah. just stop everything just because yeah. you're you're gonna die and you don't want anyone else to yeah. keep going. Like I don't know. I don't
0: know. No, do- I agree. With you. I, no, I agree with you on, uh, to that extent regarding his uh, motivations were pretty weak. Uh, yeah, I think that was probably one of the weakest part of the movie was just his motivation. Like you're gonna kill the whole universe because you're dying and. And the other part was, oh, because no one could have a cat. So you want to, you're just going to kill, top yourself off. And then
1: you could just pull like a Hitler and do
0: like a double suicide or whatever. Yeah. Like, yeah, don't some... end the world. Don't end the world. Um, but that also goes back to, I I don't know if it ties in with um, the scientists' kind of motivation where they try to use reverse uh, entropy to kind of reverse the damage that's done to to the world. And. Mm-hmm and stuff. And then obviously Sato's obviously got his hands on, on this tech you know, or whatever. And, uh, it's, yeah. And he's just, it's, it is a weak, it is, a weak, I can't defend it. It is a weak motivation behind just killing everybody. But I, I actually liked his character. I, I I did to an extent where I felt like, you know, I didn't would to say he was believable, but I felt like, okay, he's the antagonist and, uh, oh, the opposite of the protagonist. See what I did there. Known as rubbing off on me now. Um, <laughs> I, I thought his Russian accent was good. <laughs> I, I, I really did. I don't know why, but... I
1: like Hennifer.
0: I think he's a great yeah. actor. Yeah. He but, was great in Dunkirk. Yeah. But I, I, I don't know. Dunkirk. I don't know. He was... I think he was the weakest character in, in the movie, in the whole movie. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I just, And just talking about Saito, I feel like to add fuel to...
1: Immediately, the movie, though, like yeah. when you when he gets introduced, he's like, I'm going to chop your dick off and I'm going to Shoot you in the head. I'm gonna bear I'm gonna you. Cut, in a
0: bitch. I'm, I'm gonna cut your throat in a certain way so you don't um, die instantly, uh, but you breathe out by by your because your balls are in your in your, in your throat. Yeah, I was like, okay. what? the? I was like, yeah. you're going straight to hundred right away, buddy. Yeah, I know. Um, just quickly as well, I know I mentioned. Um, I feel like uh, they set up Sator, and the whole movie was a temporal of movement. Mm-hmm. To add fuel to that theory, when he opens the container in on on the Ground Zero, let's call it the final. Bunker thing. It had the letter with his name on it, with the gold bars and everything. So I feel like he's been set set up. Yeah, know. by the future people, yeah. Yeah. So I think this all adds uh, fuel to that theory that they set him up. They they don't know where all the algorithm pieces of the algorithm are. So he does. So how about we get him to piece the you know, this whole nuke together and then we we will catch him in the middle and um, they played him at his own game because I feel like talking about they want uh, him to fail. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think they had, the scientists had great intentions. They wanted to reverse damage done to the earth and planet. Mm-hmm. But then I think they realized what this, this device is capable of. And I think they, that's why they wanted to kind of, you know, backtrack on it. And, uh, uh, get out of his hands before damage was done, and that's why at the end, when they take the pieces, they said take it as far as possible, so we don't know where they are. Mm-hmm. So I think that all adds to that that theory. Um, and then, just talking oh, about wait, one yeah, quick sorry. question: How does yeah. the
1: algorithm work? Like, how does it end the world? I didn't get that part.
0: i you piece them all together and you detonate them on ground zero
1: But how does it? But is it like an explosion, or is it like that, it that's never nev-
0: that's never explained.
1: Where is it like what for what I understood is like it's gonna reverse reverse so it's yeah. gonna like time's gonna collapse on itself that's what go. I
0: felt and it just ends up being like you know some sort of a black hole stuck in it um, yeah that's what I'm thinking yeah that's what I was thinking um, so that was my thought process behind it and then um, I what was I gonna say there was something yeah it it goes back to his scene in the in, in the because we were talking about Seto, his scene in the on the highway, so that whole, you know, I like the idea. You have to see the the it happen before you could play a role, play a part in it. Mm-hmm. You, mem- you remember that scene where he goes, "Okay, tell me how it plays out," and then he goes into, into the, yeah, the turnstile, and then
1: it's yeah, cars causes cars.
0: Yes, and I feel that's where Robert Patterson's character comes in, where he's just this guy on an adventure through time, and he knows how things are happening, but he's guiding certain characters to take the right path. Mm-hmm. So that's why he saves. Uh, the protagonist at the start because without him then obviously everything collapses and then that's why he, he, he needs to save Kat because it might have an effect later down the line and um, yeah, there was a few interesting moments for me I think the the play, the the airport scene actually because I feel like we're going to start talking on scenes should we just talk yeah, different scenes now? that scene? yeah, there's a few for me I want to go through the opera scene first of all okay uh, I don't know what it was about that scene Mio
1: So, you said this was the best opening Nolan scene ever? So, I'm. Uh, You know, I think. uh, You know that meme. Go on. Go ahead. Go Uh, ahead.
0: You you know that meme. Why would you say something like this? That's so controversial. Yeah. Why would you say something so controversial? That's me right now. Because let me explain it. For me, Nolan's best opening scenes are, and this was before Tenet came along, I feel like uh, it's simple Dark Knight, Dark Knight Rises. Okay. Uh, That section was. Dunkirk is really good. And Dunkirk's opening scene, but it's not to the level of the Dark Knight, Dark Knight Rise. The Dark Knight, yeah. I think what made that scene, I love Heist movies.
1: Yeah. Dark Knight for me is the, the best is that you?
0: you yeah. So The Dark Knight for me, I love Heist movies. Obviously, I've seen a lot of Heist movies and a lot of opening scenes for those particular movies, but this was just something else. Like everything from you know the build-up, the sound, soundtrack, and then the, the final crescendo to leading up to Joker's Reveal, it mm-hmm. just topped it off. I thought the Dark Knight took that a step further, just because of what was going on and how they were filming it, and I I really appreciate the effort I was put into that scene. They filmed it in real life, you know, like if you see the behind the scenes, they filmed it in the skies. And
1: you mean Dark Knight Rises?
0: The Dark Knight Rises, yeah. So that for me we'll just took it to another level. But with the opera scene, there's something about this scene I just—it's really, a good scene. It's a good yeah. Scene. I think this is one of Nolan's best. For me, it's still... Okay, that's better. I, I can't... Dis- yeah, no, no. I'm not going to say it's, the, it's his best opening scene. I still can't decide. I'm going to say something con- controversial, but I think I'm going to leave that to when we do the ranking of all these mm-hmm. movies um, because I feel like it suits it in that podcast rather than this one. But I feel like this is one of Nolan's uh, best opening scenes. It's up there with the Dark Knight and Dark Knight Rises. I think those are my top three. It has to be. Um, and then in what order it just... Yeah, it's the same thing with Nolan movies. What all did you put them in? I know for me, for a fact, The Dark Knight is the first one. And it's, it's undebatable, to be honest with you. The rest is just all up for uh, debate. So opera scene for me was, it was just mind-blowing. It was something about it. I don't know whether it was because of the soundtrack it kicks in, um, just because of the the action. Uh, there was something about it, man. Uh, I don't know if it was because of was the... That, yeah. Was that your favorite scene in the movie? No. Um, so for me, it's a toss-up between the first, the art gallery scene, so at the Freeport, that's I really enjoyed that scene, just with Robert Patterson. There's a few which, things in... Them. Which
1: scene of the art scene? Was it the first time or the second time?
0: Uh, which one do we get the full one? Both of them, because the first time we get it, we see it from a different perspective, don't we? Yeah. The second time, I really enjoyed it because... It's gone you actually see Yeah, and you see that perspective from a different perspective. And you see why for example there's a there's a scene where the gun's on the floor and he goes what's happened here it hasn't happened yet and you see the guy come through picks up the gun straight away mm-hmm. you see it from the other perspective the reason uh he shoots the, the glass rather than shooting himself basically is to just you know unload the bullets because when when they reverse when when the scene happens in reverse who picks up the gun the other guy yeah. So where does That's- the bullets ha- yeah so
1: that's that's a scene where there's no cause in fact it's just somewhere in yeah. the middle like yeah the, uh, it's confusing thing it, though, it's, but you know, but it, you it know what i mean yeah, yeah yeah it makes sense
0: so that's why he unloads it and that's why he you know dismantles the gun because he knows this is going to happen so rather than causing the damage this is where the you know what i mean so it, it's hella confusing but that scene i thought was for the fighting scene the thing the funny thing is when you look at the behind the scenes for the fighting scene it looks so dumb it's like, ha, 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 ha. Yeah. <laughs> that's what it is. But when he comes into this movie, it, I thought it was, just, it was well played. And I kind of, when he has the cut on his arm, or he starts bleeding on his arm leading up to that scene, you kind of start knowing what's happening.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: you, you remember when he's in the ambulance and he puts on his jump shoot suit and he starts bleeding? Yeah. And, th- and then you realize, oh, because in the original scene, what happened to him? He got shot or he got stabbed. Um, but I think, I'm with you, I think my best scene is either the plane. Uh, because I love that whole hijacking and it's a shame they put a Muslim character in it didn't they <laughs> um, I love that scene that build up because they crashed the blimming 747 in, in, in a building but I, I'm with you I think the the highway scene man it was just it was something else it was just because that's a long scene that's a long scene and then when you see him in, in the opposite direction let's say it just makes it just you know ever so mm-hmm better to be honest with you i absolutely loved it oh, I think that, so, was, that was my favorite scene even yeah, the final so, scene but the final scene sorry the final scene it's hella I, know I was going on. it's hella confusing i'm not gonna lie i think that's don't ask me any questions about what's happening <laughs> on the final scene because that was super super confusing the only thing i understood from that scene is it's a temporal pincer movement mm-hmm. you had red team versus blue team okay 10 minutes there 10 minutes there and they meet in the middle hence the name tenant if you cut the title up it's 10 10 going backwards blah 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 and that's all i understood from that movie from from the end of that movie like someone explained to me when they blew up that building it collapsed they blew up it. i, I, I don't I, get I, that I, 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 don't, I don't i don't want to think about it because i'm i'm having a migraine but yeah what's your favorite scene all
1: right but yeah i lied when i said the highway scene was my mm. favorite scene my favorite scene was actually the red room interrogation mm. scene mm. that scene was good mm. I didn't mm. see, I didn't like Sater, but, like, that scene was good. Like, yeah. you see him, like, interrogating him and he shoots her and, like, yep. and then he, like, goes, see, I don't fully get the scene, but, like, yeah. then, like, he, so that happens. Yeah. And he goes, inverses, inverses yep. himself, and then you see him, like, actually do it. Yep. And, like, that scene was really good. Like, that's the way that, like, he's, like, John Day Washington's talking to yes inverted person, but he's not yep. actually talking to him because... Yeah he's doing the stuff that happened. I don't, I don't happened. know. How, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, know what, I know what you mean. I yeah, promise yeah. I promise. it's not confusing. We just don't have the words to describe yeah. this movie. <laughs>
0: yeah. And what I loved about that particular scene was when he was interrogating his wife and he had the gun to her head. You see the bullet hole in, in mm-hmm. the glass just kind of form. And you, you know time is against it, but you don't know. You initially think that he's going to shoot her right in the head mm-hmm. and then he picks her up and then pushes her against the glass and shoots her in the hip sort of thing yeah so that i thought that move that that particular scene had such a a great build-up of intensity you thought she was getting shot in the head and then you realize where she actually gets shot and i thought that was eh. i watched it a few i've obviously seen it a few times and it still has that impact on me and i feel that i feel like that's, that's credit to the movie you feel like it's not just the scene itself it's everything that's happening around it and the whole red and blue thing um uh, that's hinted out throughout the whole movie um Red team normally, blue team reverse. Uh, you see that the hint, the subtle hints on color throughout the whole movie. You see it in the start of the of the trailer. I don't know if you... Sorry, at the start of the movie. I never noticed that until Reddit popped up, a, no, a notification popped up on my phone and it was kind of the most upvoted thing on Reddit at that time for the tenant um, subreddit. You know how like you have your intros and you have Warner Brothers? So that was in blue, I believe. And you know Nolan's production company name? That was yeah, in red? Yeah, same company. Yeah, so that was uh, that was hinted at. So there's subtle hints throughout the movie. You just have to notice them, uh, like subtle hints in names. So Opera back, Backwards is a is a repo. A repo is the I believe the 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 security firm at the Freeport or at the art dealer. When he goes into his when he when you see when he goes into the to the art dealership, the you see the Rotas uh, logo. Rotas backwards is Sator. Sator obviously goes into his turnstile, which you see as well at the beginning of the, of the Freeport shipping area. So there's subtle hints of what's happening here and there, but this is not something you pick up in the first or second watch, to be honest with you. It happens over time. And I think like this is why movies like this gain traction and become a better movie as time goes on, because you people, listen to podcasts like this people like us or like me going to subreddits and you know spend a few hours of their day just like waffling around on the tenet and, and just piecing stuff together and i feel like this is where this movie will go i think this will become a classic later on but i want to also i know we've talked about scenes i want to give a shout out to Ludwig uh, ganarsson because Goison. yeah garson sorry i don't know why i call it garson <laughs> because his soundtrack man i i i thought it was perfect I, it's hard to for yeah me it's to really say good that. yeah i like the hard.
1: like the like it's like really futuristic in a mm. way and it's like it's not your tra- traditional score with like high orchestras it's like a lot of like you know like a lot of like dark and like gritty it's really good yeah he did like, his thing he,
0: uh, like it's it's so hard for me to say you know um uh, what's Hans Zimmer's uh, soundtrack would be would be better uh, but I thought this soundtrack was just it was just absolutely incredible man it was just as you said uh, I think that's what made um, the opera scene so so incredible uh, I think the soundtrack for the opera scene was uh, rainy night in Tallinn or something and it was actually rainy on the opera scene and then you had freeport which is the, the art dealership scene that was pretty cool the 747 scene was amazing so that soundtrack was was great uh the highway scene mio the one trucks in place that's the soundtrack that was, that the, that was
1: the highlight the the yeah. highlight of the soundtrack the highway like the build up to the, hi- yeah. the highway scene
0: mm, there's okay. that there's, there's an actual uh bonus soundtrack for that so if anybody cares it's called fast cars and that's also part of the highway scene and it's just it's just something else but you're right it's an incredible soundtrack and something that I thought, you know, just took this movie to another level. Even the Travis Scott song at the credits was really good too. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't too bad. I've seen the behind the scenes of that. And I understand when, when uh, Gorenson was like, uh, he was the final piece. I never really understood that. Like Nolan said it. And then when you see the behind the scenes, you, un- you kind of understand why, because his vocals and some lyrics were placed in, in the movie for certain uh, scenes. And it, it just made sense. Um but yeah I, I love the soundtrack I, I absolutely loved it and um I don't know what Hans Zimmer could have done to top this to be honest with you but you know yeah. I think it's
1: got a good shot to win the Oscar for um best score
0: mm. I, I, I I think so I think this is a slam dunk it's either this or there's I know there's another uh was it? the one with it's about music I can't remember something metal
1: sound yeah. metal oh, yeah I think, this like metal. Is, I think this will be better than that score yeah yeah. I hear Souls is pretty good though.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, that one's pretty good. Uh, the Sator one is quite good, but it's quite trippy because it's like the whole turnstile scene where things are happening backwards. Mm-hmm. Um, the soundtrack at the end, I think it was called do, 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 Posterity or something like that. Uh, I feel like because that soundtrack is about 10 minutes long and it's pretty much the same length as the adventures for that for the final scene. Um, I feel like that soundtrack goes into reverse at one point. You know, I think some soundtracks do that, and it's quite clever. And um, uh, Ludwig actually played out um, a few of his soundtracks in normal and in reverse, so the opposite of what it was actually portrayed. Oh. Yeah. And they were just something else, man. And, and yeah, uh, this guy is a genius. And the way he he actually put this soundtrack together during lockdown, all credit to him.
1: Yeah, I've been I've been following his career for like over ten years. and like i'm I'm like much longer than me yeah i'm extremely proud of where he is now like i never thought he'd be winning oscars winning emmys winning like grammys like yeah we've come so so far
0: yeah for me i'm I'm not scared to admit this i've only recently jumped on the hype train with him i think it started with uh the creed movies and um Mandalorian. Obviously, Mandal- Mandalorian and obviously Black Panther because he put a few things together for that.
1: I think he won the Oscar for Man- uh, he did. Black Panther. He, he did. He did. Yeah, that's a good soundtrack too. Um,
0: and there was a few others, but you, as you said, you've been following him for 10 years. I've, I've done that for Hans Zimmer even longer. But yeah, Ludwig, I think he's, he's a future star. I, I said this on Instagram the other day. I feel like once Hans Zimmer, I don't think he'll ever put up his, um, you know, retire. Because I think it's one of those industries mm-hmm. where, you know, you just keep making what you're making. But I feel like Ludwig could be the future.
1: I, I think know. Hans Zimmer's past his prime. I don't know if you would agree, mm-hmm. but, you know.
0: We'll, we'll see what happens when Dune comes out because... Yeah, that's yeah. true. That's true. Yeah, Dune, Dune think,
1: sounds pretty good.
0: Yeah, because he turned down t- Tenant because he wanted to work on that. And that's his childhood uh, book mm-hmm. and like a story and, and so forth. So fair enough to him, but we, we'll see. I feel like Ludwig is going to be... the. A future. I I know he's been around for long, but I've only just jumped on board recently. Uh, But I absolutely love love the soundtrack. Um, Let's talk a few. We've talked about favorite scenes. We've talked about character. We've talked about design. We've talked about all all those. Let's talk about a few positives and negatives for this before we wrap up. Um, Let's talk about negatives first of the movie. Okay. What would you? The sound mixing. (laughs) Well, that's a given. That was awful, and
1: yeah, the scene on the boat is just. This is it's just unreal. It's jarring. i like, mate. you did this on purpose, Nolan. You did this it, on purpose.
0: It's jarring, to be honest with you. There's no, there's no way to describe that scene, man. Like,
1: they're wearing stuff to like make them sound better, and they still,
0: I still can't understand them.
1: I had so, luckily, I had subtitles, but like,
0: yeah, the, for you, well, imagine watching that in cinema. Like, you're
1: like, why did she just cut them off the boat? I, I, I mate.
0: So, first of all, I can't defend Nolan when it comes to stuff like that because he's been around. He did this in the Dark Knight Rises. He's
1: doing this on purpose, fam. He's
0: doing this on purpose. I don't know. I I feel like I have some sort of reasoning or idea why it happens, which I'll explain to you shortly. But this is, I think it's a bit far-fetched. I think Nolan needs to step this part of his, you know, movies up. But he did this on the Dark Knight Rises. And all his movies have like, you know, the, the IMAX prologue opening. Mm-hmm. So you get to watch the, like the first 15 minutes of the opening scenes, usually. And The Dark Knight Rises, so It had so many issues with Bane's voice. Like it mm-hmm. was... Have you seen the original one of the no. opening scene? Mate, you might as well not even watch the movie, pretty much. If it was... In- <laughs> God, they saw, no, really, it's that bad. So I remember they touched it up. And I remember... This, they always seem to do this. Every single Nolan movie, the cinema puts up a poster... Uh, the our audio system is not broken. This is how Nolan's made the movie, and they've done they did that for the Dark Knight Rises. I remember my cinema having that, and they did this for 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 Tenant. So my only defense is they film on location, mm-hmm. and they get all the ambient noising, noises. They obviously that it depends. I, I'm not a sound mixing uh, genius, or have no under, understanding of how it works. So let's just take that as one particular level, or you know, layer, and then they. I, I don't know if they then they, let's okay. Let's take let's say they take the the dialogue layer, so that's two layers. Then they take the, the soundtrack layer, that's three. I feel like the soundtrack goes top and then <laughs> the ambient noise is the second and then and then, then dialogue is then like the on the, the bottom. Yeah, yeah. It, should be,
1: it should be somewhere in reverse that.
0: <laughs> yeah, so that's my only reasoning is because my only defense is because he's shooting on site. Okay, mm-hmm. well, fair enough. You know, you make it as realistic as possible and blah blah blah, blah. but there has to be some sort of you know balanced hierarchy to to all this because I can't hate shit like the first scene with uh, Michael Caine I did not understand a single thing I don't know I don't know why
1: the scene was he just wanted to put Michael Caine in the movie
0: he he just wanted to put Michael Caine in the movie and I think that was that scene was the only scene where you know somebody could slip him a a credit card so he can go buy himself a suit and have some sort of exposition behind that yeah Uh, but that Michael Caine scene made no sense in the cinema and that boat scene, bro, I, I like I, I didn't even know what was going on. I, I watched it the second time. I was like, yeah, I still don't know what's going on. The third time, I was like, when that scene happened in, in, in the movie, and the third time in the cinema, I just picked up my phone and just quickly checked and strolled through Instagram. I was like, yeah, I'm not gonna watch this scene. That's funny. So finally, I was so excited when I got my Blu-ray copy and I was like, yeah, I could watch this movie with subtitles. Thank God there were so many like name drops of the word tenant in that movie that just went over my head. Like the scientist says it, she says it in some sort of manner, manner where she says, Oh, anybody wearing a high vis, um, um, jacket with a, a, one of those clipboards could get, could get around easily. And he goes, yeah, it, it looks like I'm no tenant here or something like that. Some, something along the lines.
1: Yeah. So that's the name. That. Yeah.
0: So th- I did not catch any of that in the movie, in the cinema, any of that. So that's my only defense. So that was like a negative for me. Um, any other negatives?
1: Um, let me do a positive first. Yeah, I like the wardrobe in this movie. The wardrobes look yes. really good. Um, yep. especially John David Washington had some fire fits yep. when he's on the boat. The tucked-in polo—that was a yep. fit. I was like, yes. Let me was... more of this, please. The suits of no, fire. Noted.
0: Note that down. Note that down. <laughs> the suits of
1: fire when they're yep. in India and they're like bungee jumping up. Suits of yes. fire. Yep. Um, even like the like the soldier equipment they wear in the. I was like, about to say that. Good wardrobe
0: great wardrobe yes. movie um Cost, costume design was uh, was top-notch i love how yeah. I, this is, has been a, this has been a recurring theme throughout northern's movies
1: yeah he's got style
0: yeah and john uh, so michael kane's always in his uh, movies and another thing is he always seems to dress a character like himself and mm-hmm. that character this time was robert patterson's character where he had you know the the the, the baggy suit and the the scarf around his neck sort of thing that's how Nolan dresses on scene, So it was, it was, it was pretty funny, but yeah, the fits were absolute fire. I think uh, shouts to the the costume design because that the, the soldier outfits they were just incredible, man. And the mask design—I know it's just so simple, but it was just it was so effective. Why is it with Nolan the masks? By the way, <laughs> he seems... he was
1: ahead of the game for you know everyone wearing masks nowadays. Yeah,
0: so that seems to be a recurring theme. Uh, I'll give a positive on my side: shooting on site man yeah I, I, f- I feel like that really i know it has its negatives but i think the positives outweigh that it really buys you into the scene and I'm, i remember watching the behind the scenes and they were talking about um trying to find this open freeway so they called they called up whoever's in in charge of stuff like this in this particular country because they were going to that country to to film something mm-hmm. and they said uh you don't happen to have a, a an x amount of um uh, three-way um, st- stretch that we could film. And they go, yeah, we happen to do so. They close it off and they record it. And I think that scene does, you know, it just amplifies the, the movie, uh, that scene, the airport scene. Fun fact for you, I think this scene only had, I can't remember how many shots of visual effects and it turns out to be less than a uh, sitcom comedy movie or romantic movie, Oh which wow! Is, which is absolutely incredible. And mm-hmm. I, love st- I love stuff like this. You know me, when I see a beautiful scene in, in, in a TV show or a movie, I get absolutely excited. And this is what excites me about movies. So I think that was one of my favorite things uh, about this movie. Yeah,
1: that, that was a positive for me too. Like the yeah. amount of practical effects versus CGI. Um, yeah. There wasn't a lot of CGI, if at, at all. Yeah. But yeah.
0: Even the bungee scene thing. was was done. Like mm-hmm. it made no sense because... Can you actually bungee in reverse like that? I I don't know.
1: I feel like there was an easier way to go off that. Yeah. yeah.
0: (laughs) But it's the world building. I think you just accept it for what it is. And I think that's credit to, you know, the storytelling credit to just things. Look, once you accept time travel in a particular movie, you just have to go along and accept it. Anything Mm -hmm. else. You know what I mean? It's not like, you can't be like, Oh, the bungee jumping looks stupid. That can't be real. But you are watching a movie about reverse entropy and time travel and, paradoxes and so you know what i mean so stuff like that you just have to just accept it and go and go along with it yeah. um, one of my negatives though is i would say parts of the story just tiny parts nitpicks here and there for me mm-hmm. i think you may find this more of a negative i'm not too sure but i feel like some characters were weak in some some sense i feel like to becky's character was she was the main character if you really think about because everything seemed to just evolve around her but it doesn't come across as that at times, you know, it just feels like, Oh, we just needed to add a, a female character for the sake of adding a female character. But at the same time, going back to what I'm saying, cause I don't want to contradict myself is I feel like everything was calculated in some extent, but it might not come across like that to just, you know, mm-hmm. just a normal movie go. If you, this movie is not easy to follow. If you, if you just expect to go in and, and just watch a movie It's that's not what's going to happen. So
1: yeah. Um yeah. I don't really do, have
0: much negatives to be honest with
1: you. I'll do one more negative and that's um like some of the exposition scenes, like um like when they were planning out certain missions, so like an exposition scene for when they're planning out the, the airport heist or when they're planning out the highway scene or when they're planning out the, the final battle. I'm like, what are these people talking about? I don't know what you you guys are talking about and then yeah. you know, they they'll like do the things like, Oh, okay, so that's what yes, they're Yes. Do. So I it's kinda like yeah you could have really like cut those scenes out or like yeah. you know the or classic, added a bit more
0: substance to him
1: yeah the classic like show don't tell like f- yes i'm like comparing this to like a show like Lupin. like yeah. when they're planning out the heist you see scenes of like what's gonna happen yes and then when the scene actually happens you see like okay like the guard was awake today because he was watching yeah. the football game and not asleep yeah. so you know like you could have you know made the exposition scenes a little bit more yeah. interesting
0: and my only defense to that is just because of just. This- as i said before it's a spy espionage movie it's there's secrecy behind it but i completely agree with you because my i wouldn't say it was something that uh was evident to me in most of the scenes but i think the, the biggest scene has to be that final scene where the guys uh, his character is just scribbling on the whiteboard or that board and i'm like what 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 do you even mean like you go from <laughs> i'm like this scene makes no sense to me and and that is a negative for me. I feel like that scene needs to be watched over and over and over and over again to, to understand it. I've seen it filming five, six times and I still don't get the final scene. There's still things that still confuse me and people running forwards, people running backwards. I like the fact that, okay, this team goes in first, this team comes in behind. They're, they're being exploited in the container so they don't see the outcomes. Yeah, but uh,
1: if, if, wait, when when they landed and they see this, the other team going in reverse, doesn't that mean the mission was successful?
0: yes because they have to, you, you can't go into a turnstile or go into something without seeing yourself
1: mm-hmm. that makes
0: sense because you see that throughout the movie um you remember when um he's the other guy that i can't remember his, I can't remember his name and the one that just pops out of nowhere he goes to understand to know if you're successful i think you had to see yourself come out of the turnstile if you don't then you're not coming back sort of thing mm-hmm. uh and that's when with chris um with cat character when when she was shot they said oh we have to take her through and they go, how do you know it's going to succeed? So it waits on the other side, sees them come through and then goes through. So, um, but you can't see your, your outcomes. That's the issue. Um, because you know, one of the characters how she dies behind the wall, how the wall kind of just reverses.
1: Yeah.
0: If she sees that happening, it doesn't happen sort of thing. And then how does it impact the, that scene or the storyline in general? Yeah. It's, that's just up for debate. You know, it's just, it's just hella confusing. Um, but yeah, that final scene, the explanation for it, I think that's my only negative, though. Like, if I really, really want to think about it, that's the only thing. If I, When I watch the movie from start to finish, I still feel like this is the part that really gets me all the time. Like, I pause it so many times. I, remember when I sent you that photo of Robert Pattinson's character? Uh, to you. And Which Victor, one? Where he's outside in the final scene and I hit, and there's another one of him running towards the car and he's going to... Oh, yeah, the- yeah, yeah, yeah. I only noticed that on the fucking sixth time of watching that movie. Because I was trying to figure out who the hell opens up that that lockpick, and then I realized it's him going in. Obviously, he has to open it, even though he's not successful. He has to open it—the cause and effect sort of thing—so that when they come through, they have the chance to open it because it's on their side now. Because if he doesn't open it, all that scene doesn't play out. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah,
0: it's it's so fucking confusing. <laughs> um, no, it, it's not confusing.
1: Yeah. It's just you know, like you it's don't so really have the words to yeah. explain. Yeah,
0: it's it's so hard to explain. Um, but yeah, other than that, that, that was it. Like for me, I really, I'll, I'll sum up my kind of final thoughts and emotions and then you can take it away. I absolutely love this movie. I really do. I feel like this was something I've never seen before. Uh, it's something that is slightly confusing. Uh, it can be slightly. very, very slight, yeah, understatement. It is very confusing. It's a more confusing movie than Inception. I think Inception just looks like, you know, a, you know, a 10 piece puzzle compared to this, 20 million piece puzzle, yeah. You didn't have to put together. I would say,
1: I would say this is the Dark Souls of movies. Like, you get what you put in. Yeah. Like, if, if, you know, if, like, Dark Souls takes a lot skill, you can have, yeah. like, the worst time, but yep. if you, like, put in a lot of effort and you pay attention, then you're going to get a lot of the movie. So, you know, this movie, you really get what you put in.
0: I think that's, I think that's perfectly said. And I think that's where, you know, the initial reviews that come out and they go, because it's not me trying to defend this movie, it's just me trying to defend the process where, and defend what you're trying to say. Where don't forget, big movie companies or reviewing, uh, you know, companies like IGN or I wouldn't even take anything like IGN says. To yeah, you, we, we like, yeah, that. But like any movie company, let's say like for example, Empire Magazine, mm-hmm. stuff like that, they are all working to a time frame, so they can only see the movie once in the for the review viewing, and that's it. Their experience is from their first viewing. But for like people like us, where we have, let's just say all the time in the world, we don't have to abide by any review restriction or frame or whatever. We could d- delay our review for as long as possible because we could just go watch it and watch it and watch it over and over and over again. And then give a you know, a nice kind of a perception of the movie. And that's what I did. I, it took me three reviews to watch this movie. I wrote up my review probably the third time. And even my review reveal the score, I didn't drop that until like a week or two afterwards. I needed to sit on that review, and that's the luxury of time that we have. And I feel like I've done the review justice. I feel like you will potentially do the your review justice for in this podcast, and and that's the luxury we have. And as you said, you put in what you you get what you put in, and that goes for everything. To be honest with you, like I've watched this six times now, and I, I've enjoyed it every single time. And I think this movie is going to get better and better as uh, time goes along i don't know whether you would agree with me on that statement meal but
1: um i don't i don't know i think we'll see yeah. Yeah. well it's too early to call it now you know like a movie like i'm trying to think of a movie that i didn't that a lot of people that got better through time i'd say yeah i can't think of anything right now but you know you'll, we'll see in the future there's,
0: there's a few movies like i could think of the last samurai for example uh the tom cruise movie I, yeah. I i really enjoy that movie every time i watch it, it i do
1: i like more. that movie too yeah
0: it gets better and better i think the gladiator movie gets better and better in time with time
1: well that one the oscar
0: <laughs> yeah but i just every time i watch it it still has the same impact on me i think inception is one of them uh, if we want to come and talk about the nolan movies inception is one of them like
1: it just that was, that was like universally like too yeah I'm
0: trying to think like, that. I, I, I I i really like that um other movies I think ooh, there has to be a few other movies that I've watched I think. I, I, I well I'll tell you one thing I, I know I watched Spirited Away recently mm. I think if I watch that that second time I'm just going to be mind blown that's one movie and I can say that now knowing that I've only watched that once Um, yeah there's a few movies out there and I, I honestly I feel like and it's just I know diving off topic I feel like we haven't given Interstellar enough time I feel like I need Stop to watch it. that again I'm going to watch that again for the review. Stop it. That but hand on, hand on heart, I feel like this is a movie that's going to go down that direction. Um, this movie, will, five, ten years time, people will be calling that a, a classic. And I feel like most of the movies age well. I think this movie will age well. Not in a cellar.
1: No, okay. I'm not kidding.
0: <laughs> it, it will age well in a sense where, like if I look at The Matrix, I love that movie. Mm-hmm. But that's that movie hasn't got better in time, if that makes sense and I feel like that's down to many things. I think one of them is obviously the tech behind that has, hasn't aged well. Like some yeah, the CGI. Are, yeah. It looks really, really bad. So that's where credit is due when you, when, you know, you don't use a lot of CGI. Uh, I feel like the John Wick movies are going to age well. They'll, th- those will be pretty cool. Um, I watched fast and furious actually the other day, the first one I thought, that one. yeah, I, I thought that aged well. I really enjoyed that the second time around. Um, they're simple movies, simple basic movies. I think Transformers the first one age as well. Um, well. This isn't a simple movie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yeah, it, it remains to be seen. But absolutely, I I loved it. I, do you want me to talk about my score for the review quickly? Yeah, uh, yeah. I, mean, I obviously everyone probably yeah. knows this. If you're listening to the podcast, you probably follow us on on the Instagram page. I give it a five stars. Um, mm-hmm. I I I know I heard that. I thought. Everything that Nolan did, I know, I completely understand the nitpicks in the movie, but I could see past it. And obviously, I'm reviewing it from my experience, and I absolutely loved it. I, I, if I was to review this movie the first time, my initial thought coming out of it was, it's a four star movie. That was my initial, initial, you know, heat in the battle moment. You know, heat in the battle kind of thought process. I was like, yeah, four star movie, not better than Inception, but that's where I have the luxury. That's that's the luxury I have. I, I, unlike other reviewing companies, I get to go watch it again and again, whatever. And for me, I could not come out that movie and go, okay, if I fully understand, understood the concept and what Nolan was trying to deliver and all the exposition, there was no way this movie for me was getting less than a four and a half star. And with everything, I've said in the podcast, and everything I said in the review, I just I, I was like, this movie is it's it's another Nolan masterpiece in, in my personal opinion, and I I gave it five five stars, So I'd love to hear your opinion because I've been waiting, I've been waiting. Yeah. To-
1: um, I would say my opinion of it changes by the day. Um, I also think about this movie quite a lot. I don't know why. I don't want to. It's a weird about one, though, Mio. A lot.
0: It's, it, it's a weird one because, like, the last movie that really did this for me was the dark knight trilogy and you know how i feel about that and mm-hmm. Nolan movies do that in general to me but the last big movie that i think was inception i can't the movies come and go and you just kind of you forget about them unless you know they pop up in your brain or in a discussion you're like yeah this movie's great but no movie has really made this movie came up months ago now and i'm watching the opening scene every day <laughs> that, t- that tells you everything you need to know but i i agree with you it's it's stuck for me for some reason and I can't I can't explain that, and I I don't think you can either. Yeah. But um if you would ask me today,
1: I would probably give it I'd say four, maybe. Maybe maybe around that that range. Four, four ish.
0: Yep. <laughs> That's justified. Everything, I think everything you've said like look, at the end of day. I know people are gonna think I'm going to be upset. I'm upset. <laughs> I don't think going to pick up. That's on a it. good score. What are you I, talking I know. about? <laughs> I, I, I think if, everything that Nolan's just said is just, I think everything you said has backed up your points. And I've, and, and everything you said is, I agree with. I, I honestly agree with. And I think that's why I've been dying to have this uh, conversation with you because I, I know you would bring certain debates to this um, topic that I can't. And uh, yeah. that's, what, that's why we have the podcast together. And that's why Rick's not on this podcast. you <laughs> <laughs> Waffle. Yeah, Waffle King. But no, it's... Uh, it is Is it uh, what I've known as best, ah,
1: uh, I'll have to think about that. I'll have to rewatch all of them. Yeah. This what do you define by known as like top five, top 10?
0: Well, known as what made 10, 11 movies. Yeah. Well, we, obviously, so, yeah. We, yeah, we won't give it away now because obviously we're doing separate podcasts. But I think top three... Yeah. Top we'll, three? We'll, we'll, yeah, we'll have to talk about that later.
1: Mm, I don't want to remember the next podcast. Yeah, though. yeah,
0: yeah. Because yeah. I feel like I'm going to say something controversial, mm-hmm. but I've been waiting. I wanted to post it on IGN, but uh, IGN, IG. Yeah, because
1: um, one but, of the uh, spots wait. has to be Dark Knight. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, oh, that's that, that, a two, two, two movie race, basically. Yeah,
0: yeah. There's, there's no, and uh, everyone knows, every time we've talked about anything, top comic movies, top movies, it's always been the Dark Knight. Um, so then it just gets, um, yeah, two and three uh, up for grabs. And it's so difficult. It's so difficult for me, man. Uh, and that's what I like if, quickly before we, we end, end the show. That's something I like about his movies. And not a lot of directors do it. I know Wes Anderson does it. I haven't seen a Wes Anderson movie. Apologies, Mio. Maybe that could be one of our movie club uh, movie selection. Yeah. um Quentin Tarantino. Um, uh, there was one more. um Villeneuve. These are uh, directors who, you know, their movie pedigree is is incredible. Every single movie, you some movies, okay, you, you could be like, okay, that's bottom tier.
1: Yeah, but like the majority, Once Upon yeah, a Time.
0: Yeah, I would say Once Upon a Time is a bottom tier movie when it comes to Quentin Tarantino. Um, but I just wanted majority, to take
1: shots of that movie. I didn't have to bring it up.
0: <laughs> uh, but the majority of their movies, they're very, very, you know, you can't really pick an outright, you could probably pick an outright number one, but two, three, four, five, it's all debatable. And that's what I love about Nolan. That's what I love about Tarantino. That's what I'm sure that's what you love about Anderson. That's what I love about Villeneuve. There's not a lot of directors like that these days, you know? Like with Ridley Scott, you go, okay, this movie. With um, Spielberg, this movie. There's always an outright movie, but with these directors, there isn't. And I feel like that's where Nolan is at his best. Number one, clear. The rest? God knows. And yeah, that's, I think we'll leave it on that note before we spoil the next podcast. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah. um I, Yeah.
1: It. I think we yeah. pretty much covered everything. I'm going to go um inverse, we, I mean, <laughs> uninverse, back to the beginning of this podcast now.
0: Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, <laughs> friends. Yeah. Why well, is Happily Walking?
1: <laughs> Welcome. We didn't do the intro. Did we do the intro? We did we the intro. Yeah.
0: yeah. I did the intro before I started oh, Okay. Out outro, but, um, okay. Damn, yeah. We should have done the intro now. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we should have. Uh, this has been one of my favorite podcasts. To be honest with you, it is about tenant after all. Yeah, I just movies. like
1: podcasts where we just talk about one movie and we can like, really yeah. we fully should do that more often. Yeah, I think we should do we should. that more often. Yeah. yeah. What's a the movie. next movie we should do this for? Yeah,
0: we should. do uh, I Think hmm. what comes
1: we'll f- out? Are we gonna do a Kong versus Godzilla podcast?
0: Yeah, let's just do one. Yeah, it's dumb, should, but it'll, it'll be dumb, fun. But we should do one.
1: We'll like so, when Godzilla, when Kong. Uh, use the axe like Thor in the Battle of Wakanda. <laughs>
0: Yeah, did you that's see
1: that? That, was sick. that,
0: was, that, was that was, sick. Yeah, I loved it. <laughs> cool. You're gonna go watch sports. I need to finish up work and watch sports, and then that's it, man. Thank you, Mia, yeah. uh, so much for joining me. Like as I said, it's always a pleasure having you on the podcast. And then, yeah, thanks for joining us this week for episode 59 of the Multiverse Podcast for the latest news, reviews, and up to dates. Oh, updates. Sorry, keep it locked to to our Instagram page at the multiverse.ig. Also subscribe to the multiverse on iTunes or Spotify so you never miss an episode. Once again, thank you for your time. Have a great week and we hope to catch you on our next episode. Peace. Peace.